Happy birthday to Ishmael Darrow. Uh, Democracy Now! produced with Renee Feltz, Mike Burke, Dina Guzder, Messiah Rhodes, Nermeen Sheikh, Maria Teresena. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to X-Ray FM, KXRY Portland at 91.1 FM. K296FT West Haven, serving Portland at 107.1 FM, and K219KU Nehalem, serving Nehalem, Manzanita, and Rockaway Beach at 91.7 FM, streaming live and archived at xray.fm. Radio is yours. And now, it's time for Blazer's Edge. Late to inbound, the Blazers have a 20-second timeout. Nate McMillan deciding whether to use it. Blake now throws to Roy. Brandon, a three-pointer out front. Hit it! Yes, he did! Oh, yeah! Batum throws to Lillard. A three for the game. Lillard has it. No timeout. Game into the front court. Ten seconds. Lillard now out front against George. Five seconds. George backing up. Lillard doesn't want to pick. Dame going for the win. A three-pointer for the game. Look at that madhouse out there. The Portland Trailblazers have won the World Championship. They are number one. Hey, hey, welcome back to Blazers Edge Radio right here on X-Ray FM. I am your host, Ryan Buchanan, joined by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Sam Arnold. We've got Stephen Glickman back in the saddle, working hard behind the scenes. Sam, our Blazers stand now at 3-6 and six on the year. I was just looking back at the uh, schedule, and there's a nice little... Um, pattern to their games here. They started off by losing three, then they won three, and now they've they've lost three again. So nine games into the year, injuries mounting, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But how are you feeling overall about uh, the Blazers? Yeah, it's it's it feels like kind of a foregone conclusion coming to fruition now. Yeah. Uh, feels like we're we're headed rapidly towards tank time, um, now which I talk, don't think is a bad thing. Yeah, and we talked last week that you don't really need to tank because. It'll just naturally happen. Yeah, it'll naturally happen. happen. Right. It'll naturally yeah. happen. So, you know, all I hope is that we get some of these guys back from injury so we can actually develop them because, you know, that's the yeah. big thing right now is we're kind of just playing pointless games at this point. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And there, now, now there has been one thing to watch over the last couple games, and that's a, a big story that we're going to talk about is is guys getting – unexpected guys getting a chance to step up, and, and a lot of those guys have, and that's been key to watch them. But, yeah, you'd love to see a Scoot Henderson develop as well as he's a, a big part of your future um, going forward. You, you mentioned the injuries, Sam. Uh, you know, we speculated last week that Robert Williams was – could potentially miss the the rest of the year, and that is now official. He will be out for the year. I'm not exactly surprised by that, but I'm a bit surprised that it came out that quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of depressing that we only got what did we get like three or four oh, games of him because he, he, he missed a, a lot of games. Four games. Yeah, I mean it's, he is under contract for the next couple of years. Yeah, but this is you know Robert Williams now is a guy that has missed. I feel like a majority of every season for the last couple of years and all of the years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't think he, let me, let me look it up here. I don't think he's, 
Uh, yeah, his high was 61 games in 2021-2022. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, if you get 61 out of Robert Williams, you're probably celebrating played at that 35 point. 35 games last yep. year. He played six this he year. He got six he in. He did okay. get six okay. in. Okay. So he, uh, the the Blazers are now 0 for 3 since he's been out of the lineup. Yeah, yeah. Which checks out. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's just disappointing because he's a guy that I think so many people, and rightly so, were really excited to get into Portland. I was really excited to get him in. It's just a bummer that it happened this quickly. You wanted to see maybe some potential of what this team would look like with the the Aiton Robert Williams rotation right. kind of in full force and we're not really ever going to get to see that this no, year. No, we got we got 6 games and that's I guess all we're going to get, but you yeah. know now you're now you're looking towards next year with him yeah. as I mentioned he's still under contract for another couple of years. Still only 26 years old, but certainly, you know, there were the there was concern with the injury history <clears throat> going into the year and now right. there's going to be even more. Yeah. Yeah. Is this is a significant injury to him. Yeah. So if you're the Blazers now, because I, I, I see a lot of people really panicking and, and ready to jump ship already. Do you do you move on from Robert Williams while no. he still has any value, or do you just roll no, the dice I, and no, say, think, hopefully yeah. this guy plays more than a quarter of a season? Yeah, I think you got to roll the dice I at think this so point. Too. I mean, I, I yeah, I think because I, I, I don't – I mean, you talk about val- – I don't think in, teams are going to give up a lot to get Robert Williams at this point right now. Maybe if he comes back next year and looks good, but yeah. at that point you might as well hang on to him. So yeah, I think you, I think you just roll with it at this point. If you're Portland, I don't think there's any need to try to, to move on from him. I think you kind of knew what you were getting into when you, when you brought him in, you know, he wasn't the, the marquee piece of that trade. It was, it was him and draft capital and Malcolm Brogdon. So you kind of knew what you were getting and, uh, this is what happens, and you know, this can't have been a terrible surprise. Obviously, you never expect injuries to happen, but with his injury history, it couldn't have been a significant shock that he's going to miss a lot of time. Yeah, exactly. Also in injury news, uh, Scoot Henderson is not going to be back for at least another couple of weeks now as he um, continues to rehab from that ankle injury. So he's looking at kind of late November that, that he's going to look to come back maybe early December. Obviously, they're going to be very, very, very cautious with him and not look to rush him back in any way, shape, or form. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if this kind of lingers on a little bit longer than they're saying uh, beyond those two to three weeks that they came out with over the weekend. Two to three more weeks, that is. He's already missed, I believe, a week or so. Uh, and in a corresponding move, Sam, uh, Skylar Mays got his contract guaranteed. He's no longer a two-way guy. He is the official 15th guaranteed roster spot, as Blazers did have that open roster spot. And I think I speak for all of us when I say that was well-deserved and probably overdue with the way that he was playing. Yeah, definitely. He's been playing fantastic. And he's, yeah, and he's playing even better now that he's got the, the guaranteed deal. So it's not like he's let up now that, he, now that he got that guaranteed roster spot. He has been a huge, really one of the only bright spots you can talk about over the last couple of games has been the play of uh, Skylar Mays. He just continues to impress and show that he is a legitimate NBA player. Um, in my opinion, he's a serviceable starter, a really quality backup, and an outstanding third stringer, which is oh, what yeah. he was going to be. And then the, uh, you know, the, uh, the role keeps shifting for him as now he got his uh, his first start against the Lakers on Sunday, and he uh, certainly took advantage of that. And in a corresponding move, they had a two-way contract open up with his spot uh, now guaranteed, and they signed Jamare Bouye, 
Uh, second year man out of the University of San Francisco, similar to a Skylar Mays, and he's an experienced veteran college player. Uh, he doesn't have the NBA experience that, that Skyler had. He played, I believe, five games within a couple of teams last year. But uh, a guy that w- we saw Sunday uh, against the Lakers, and he immediately stepped in and was the backup point guard because, well, the Blazers didn't have a backup point guard until they signed him. And I thought he really took advantage of his opportunities well. Didn't put up the numbers that Skyler did, but uh, looked comfortable out there running the offense, especially for a guy that, as they mentioned on the broadcast, I uh, didn't really know the offense because he was just signed. And then uh, they, they even mentioned that he probably looks like he knows more than he does just because he's a he's a pro and he's, you know, he's an experienced player, capable point guard. And um, it did, didn't look like a guy that you just threw out there. So I was really impressed with him um, as he was immediately pressed into action and good for him. Uh, but first, Sam, I want to take things back to the uh, game against the Sacramento Kings. Um, this was damn near a week ago now last wednesday it was a light week for the blazers in california they were in sacramento on wednesday and then la on sunday and they had all that time off in between uh they are going to play in utah tonight by the way it is uh game two of their illustrious nba in-season tournament slate sam tonight Blazers are 1-0. I'm not sure what Utah's record is um, in the games yet, but if you happen to forget that this is an in-season tournament game tonight, don't fret because there will be a bright purple court oh. to remind you. Yikes. That's so. that's tough to look at. <laughs> well, it's going to be even tougher on TV, oh, I yeah. can tell you that, oh, based gosh. off the, uh, the game so far. So, yeah, when you see a bright purple court on your screen tonight, if you're watching uh, the game, don't be alarmed. It's just an NBA in-season <laughs> tournament game. Nothing to see here. Um, so you've got that to look forward to, but Sam, let's go back to the Sacramento game because this was a game you're, you're, uh, under man because in addition to the injury to scoot, Malcolm Brogdon got hurt in this game. He only played five minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Skyler was immediate. I mean, he didn't start this game, but he played 37 minutes, played almost the entire game after, um, after Malcolm goes down and Malcolm missed the game against the Lakers as well. I don't believe, uh, we have word yet on his availability for, tonight's game uh he will not play oh we do have word okay there we go i was just making things up but there that's what you're here for to to fact check he will not okay that would have been my guess if i had to uh, to place a wager on whether he would play tonight i would say no because he is dealing with a hamstring injury um and so expect a lot more of skylar mays and uh more of jamare uh as well uh, Utah and Phoenix are both uh, uh, Utah and Portland. Stephen Glickman says both one and zero in tournament play. Sam, so big game, big game, big tonight. game, big game. A <laughs> lot on the line. You know, this is where if you don't win this one, you're probably not going to Vegas. Oh no! So you better win this oh, one no. tonight. If you're going to win any game the rest of the year, this is the game here tonight, November fourteenth, uh, as you stand three and six on the year against the equally bad Utah Jazz. Okay, let's go back to the game against the Sacramento Kings, Sam, because this was gritty. This was a gritty, gritty game against a a Kings team that has underperformed this year, and they've obviously been without De'Aaron Fox, and he was out for this game as well. So both teams without their starting point guards. For the Blazers, you were down to your third-string point guard coming into the year when, as I mentioned, Malcolm Brogdon got hurt early. But that's just a back-and-forth affair, Sam. And what really stood out for me, not what, what the big thing was obviously Skylar Mays, is he – he stepped up and without missing a beat immediately played a, a critical role for this team 18 points 11 assists 
two steals for him, just three turnovers, great numbers for him, uh, playing huge, huge minutes in this game. Shaden playing huge minutes as well, wasn't able to have quite the same amount of success, 40 minutes for him. 18 points uh, on an inefficient 5 of 14 shooting. But the big story outside of Skylar Mays, Sam, was that Jeremy Grant stepped up and had himself a ball game. Uh, with the team really needing offense with, you know, we mentioned right now when you're when Brogdon's out and and Ant's out, you're you're really relying on Shaden Sharp for your offense. And if he's having an off game, somebody's got to step up, and it would naturally be Grant. And we saw it in this game, 38 big points for Jeremy Grant, nine rebounds, five assists, three blocks. So filling out the stat sheet as well. Uh, and just uh, incredible numbers for this game, Sam. 12 of 25 from the field, 5 of 8 from three-point land, and 9 of 12 from the line. So getting in there, getting to the line, just a really, really solid game for Jeremy Grant to keep the Blazers afloat despite all the injuries in this game. Um, but ultimately, you fall a bit short to the Kings, 121-118 the final. But you got to like what you saw in terms of just an effort and a competitive game uh, the, the facing a lot of adversity from the Blazers in this one. Yeah, and, you know, talking about Jeremy Grant, I feel like this is one of the first times since maybe even early last year where we saw Jeremy being aggressive and yes. kind of taking over the offense. We, we haven't seen that much at all. He's just No, because I know our, fir- our first thoughts at the f- first couple games were – that he seemed like a non-factor. Yeah, exactly. He seemed like out of place in the offense. And right. this this game, he was the offense. The whole <laughs> yes, offense kind of ran through him. Yeah. Um, and it, it worked very well. He had a great game. He looked really good out there. He was playing aggressive. It's everything you wanted to see from Jeremy Grant. Uh, I thought DeAndre Ayton looked really good offensively. Um, he was having some trouble, especially down the stretch against DeMontis Sabonis, which I, I think is kind of why we ended up losing this game. He was having some tough times kind of boxing out those those rebounds and giving DeMontis Sabonis second chances when, with the offensive boards. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I liked when they went to Aiton in this game. You saw a couple of those nice little mid-range jumpers that he's so good at. I, oh, I, it's so nice to have a guy that can finish yeah, down low. Yeah, too, it is. It? It I, is. Every time I see him, I, I think that, like, you actually feel pretty confident anytime he puts something up you down do. low, which we are yeah. not used to. No, here. you're not used to it at all. You're not used to it at all. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I liked what I saw from him. Um, yeah, 9 of 14, so he was good. Yeah, I, I would have liked to see them maybe try to do that a little earlier in the game because it, it worked very well late on. And I remember watching it and kind of thinking, wait, why haven't they been doing this the whole time? He's getting a clean mid-range jumper every single possession. He wants one, and he makes them basically 100% of the he's time. He's money. Yeah, he's money. I mean, he's he's one of the better mid-range jump shooters in the league, honestly. And, yeah, I, I mean, I would love to see more offensive contributions for DeAndre Ayton, maybe run the ball through him a little bit more. Um, you know, use him as a weapon. He's he's a really good player. Yeah. It's hard when it seems like you got a new point guard every night. It, and I think true. that's a big part yeah. of it as well. Yeah. But I think now Skyler's established himself. Uh, look for it tonight. I think this will be key because now Skyler's really got his hold on the offense. Mm-hmm. Right. We mentioned Brogdon's not going to play again tonight. So it is going to be the Skyler Mays show at point guard. Bouye will be his backup. Um, but not, that's what I'm looking for tonight is for him to really step up. Uh, is Aiton that, uh, to step up yeah. with, a, with a point guard that now he's used to for a little bit. Right. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, this is this is a decent matchup for Aiden to take advantage of. You go up against another relatively young team. Um, 
Walker Kessler's a, a decent defensive center, so we'll we'll see what Aiden can do. But I, yeah, I, I want to see a lot of uh, aggressiveness from Aiden, and yeah, hopefully get a little bit of a two man game going. Whether it's with Skyler or we've seen it with Shaden too. Like I just I I really like this offense when DeAndre Aiden is involved. It opens up a lot of possibilities. Yeah. Uh, Steven just had a, a good question uh, roll in that uh, from his mind. Uh, asked me what does, <laughs> which which yeah, uh, what does Chauncey Billups do well, and what does he do poorly? And the first answer is unfortunately not a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, well, something he does do well is make excuses. <laughs> pretty good at that. <laughs> pretty good at that. He's also pretty good at, at staying positive when he maybe shouldn't. Yeah. seem positive right it never seems like there's ever any kind of issues even when your team is awful right yep. so that's what he does well uh what he does poorly is is most of the other stuff that goes mm-hmm. into being a head coach mm-hmm. so but to answer your question steven yeah um a not much b a lot is so. is there here's a here's a question for you yeah is there a worse coach in the nba right now i don't think so i don't i i'm can't really think of any. No, because I mean, Luke Walton's out. And that yeah. was, I mean, he held <laughs> that, that was title. the easy answer. <laughs> he held that title for a few years, and then Chauncey, yeah. Chauncey grabbed the, he he passed the baton on to Chauncey Billups for yeah. there. You can just pencil them as the worst coach in the NBA. But enough about that. We don't need to rag on Chauncey again. Yeah. I think we <laughs> we've established that. Let's talk about other stuff. Um, Moses Brown, interestingly, Sam only played five minutes. We were wondering who was going to step up. This was your first game without or your. Yeah, one of your first games without um, Robert Williams, Sam, and it was it was Moses Brown for only five minutes. He only got one stretch. He actually looked pretty decent. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that he didn't get any run in the second half. He only got one shift um, in the first, uh, the late first quarter, early second. But you know, uh, four points, three boards. He looked all right out there. He had a nice block, and then we didn't see him again. Um, you saw more of Jabari Walker as he played 15 minutes, so that makes sense going small. You know, the, the Kings are small. You know, Sabonis is a smaller center, so you don't necessarily need a traditional center in this game. Although right. their their backup um, Alex Len had a a really nice game, which we are not used to seeing. From him. <laughs> and I, in fact, Sam, am going to. Um, rescind his oh. award i'm going to retroactively rescind okay. his award we we named him our a first annual stanley award winner um the stanley johnson award for the player who continues to get contracts despite not ever really being any good and last uh-huh. year in a surprise it was not stanley johnson who won the award that he directly inspired because as we've talked about, he ended up playing so well for the Spurs that they cut him because yeah. they were tanking. Yeah. So in a, in a shocker, it was actually Alex Len that won the inaugural um, Stanley Johnson Award, and that was inspired by us having to watch Blazers-Kings um, towards the end of the year. We got yep. a good look at Al- Alex Len and made us think, God, why is he still in the league, right? <laughs> but, hey, he yeah. had a hell of a game. Yeah, so he had four yeah. for four, ten points, six boards, two blocks. I've never seen him play better. So I'm going to officially, retroactively um, rescind that okay. award. So there was no Stanley Johnson Award winner last year. So we'll see who can take the title this year and if they'll be able to rescind it. Because if you have a good game uh, close to the timeline of when you won it, I can rescind the award because that is that isn't I feel like in the spirit of the yeah award, you right? you make the rules here yeah I make the rules for that <laughs> so yeah so he has officially vacated that title congratulations Good to job. to one Alex Lennon a, a nice thirteen minute stretch in this game as a as the backup center 
for the Sacramento Kings. And now, Sam, let's uh, shift our focus to the Waker game. But first, I want to remind everybody that the X-Ray text line is open. You can hit us up, 971-220-5979. That is 971-220-5979 on the X-Ray text line. Perhaps you've got an early nominee for this year's Stanley Johnson Award. Uh, I do not believe Stanley Johnson is back in the league yet, so he is ineligible. Uh, as is Alex Len for this performance. So if you've got another nominee, uh, feel free to uh, nominate them. And now, Sam, let's talk about the the Laker game. As this was, I mean, you talk about it, uh, banged up squad going into this game, the Blazers. You know, obviously no Williams, obviously no Ant, but no Scoot, no Brogdon. You know, you're banged up heading into this game. Skyler Mays played 33 minutes. Shaden Sharp played 42 minutes. Um, Jab- Jamare... Bouye, uh, I keep wanting to call him Bouya because that's how it's spelled, but yeah. it is Bouye, and it throws me off every time. But I'm proud of myself for for getting it right so far. He played 12 minutes, you know, off the street, <laughs> really. I mean, uh, throw him in there as your backup point guard. Jabari Walker played 18 minutes. Dwap Reith, we had a Dwap Reith signing. Yeah. As it was interesting, um, I mentioned the long layoff in um california this week sam and the uh rip city remix had their first couple games they were actually also down in southern california and so you were able to scoop up uh duop reith who was with the rip city remix but because they were in the same place you're able to grab him for this game i believe he might is still with the team as of right now although that's that's going to get confusing trying to track some of those guys like orion repair mm-hmm Ish Wainwright, who were apparently both with the Blazers after not being with them a couple days ago, um, is this going to be a kind of a shuttle system there? But uh, Duop Reith took advantage uh, first regular season time with the Blazers and uh, with no Moses Brown in this game, he was a healthy scratch. Uh, I think you know Chauncey kind of wanted to get a look at both of them, and this was a good opportunity to get Reith in there, and he looked really good. Sam, 14 minutes, um, knocked down several corner threes. Uh, 11 points for him. He was one of two Blazers, three Blazers rather, who ha- were a plus in terms of the uh, plus minus in this game. He was a plus 11. 11 points, three boards, three assists, a big block. Only other guys that were a plus, Chris Murray, who only played three minutes, was a plus four. And then Jabari Walker, who played 18 minutes, was a plus seven in this game. Uh, but nice to see Reith get an opportunity, much like I talked about with uh, Bouye, who also, you know, 12, point, 12 minutes, 6 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. Both these guys stepping up, uh, getting some time, and both guys taking advantage of their opportunity. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you you love to see it when guys get that chance to, to convert on it. And, yeah, Duop, I mean, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of him. Moses Brown didn't get any minutes in this game, so clearly Duop is, is kind of claiming that backup center role, at least for the time being. Although, I, yeah, I wonder how much of it had to do with the fact that logistics-wise he was right there, so it made sense to get him in then, right? Because he can only play a certain amount of games. Sure, yeah. yeah. Whereas Moses can play however many you want him to. That's a good point. Hopefully not a lot. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> I mean, but who knows? I mean, I mean yeah, they, if he, they're not giving like him a I chance said, to, yeah, like to do I said, anything. Yeah. So, um, so I think I, I'm curious how I, we're gonna. I think we're gonna learn more tonight. Yeah. See who comes out tonight, right? If they go back to Moses, we'll see. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, great for those guys to to get an opportunity and to step up, Sam. And then we we talked about Skylar Mays. Um, just continues to impress. Second straight game with double digit assists. He had 15 points. Four rebounds, 12 assists, just one turnover in this game. 
33 big minutes. He was the key story uh, in this one. And, and again, kind of Sam struggling to score, as has been the case really all year long for this team. As, you know, Jeremy was uh, came back down a step. He had 23 points, 8 of 17. Shaden Sharp was pretty good, 7 of 15 from the field, 19 points for him. But you really didn't have a guy that stepped up um, to um, in this game and kind of make their mark, and you did on the Lakers' side, and it was Anthony Davis who continues to have a yep. great see, uh, start to his season. Also worth noting, no LeBron James in this mm-hmm. in this game, so it was the Anthony Davis show. Anthony Davis and Cam Reddish, believe it or not, who, remember, was on the Blazers at the end of last year. He's been a big part um, of the Lakers in the early going as well, but 30 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 blocks for A.D., uh, you mentioned uh, the big free throw discrepancy in this game. Lakers 30 for 37. Blazers just 7 for 9 um, in this game. And, and AD was a big part of it. 10 of 12 um, from the foul line for AD. Uh, interesting, though, DeAndre Ayton in 34 minutes only had two fouls. Mm-hmm. So uh, talk about AD's performance, though, and really what he's been able to do this year, uh, staying healthy. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been fantastic. He's playing at essentially an MVP level for a team that looks really bad. So he's not going to win the award. But, uh, I mean, AD has been fantastic. He's been generally healthy. I think he's missed one game. Um, up here. He was at nine games, and they played They ten. played ten, yeah. So he, he, missed one game. he missed one game, and then he came back right away. Uh, there was good. even rumors that he might play that game he missed, um, and – sat it out probably for a good reason you know keep him keep him healthy as long as he can um but yeah i mean anthony davis is one of the best in the league at drawing fouls and free throws Mm um i mean he had 12 attempts in this game that's that's more than the blazers had as a team um (laughs) so i i think you know you have to put a lot of emphasis on that um i anytime i see a free throw discrepancy that bad it it feels like a little unfair to me. Like if if I'm losing almost thirty free throw attempts to the other team, yeah, and I still only lost by six. I mean, that's you got to feel kind of good about that. I mean, yeah. you obviously don't feel feel it. good yeah. about losing the game, but maybe you do if you're the Blazers this year because every loss gets us a yeah and, better and, draft pick. And you know? I mean, really, for me, Sam, the thing I'm looking for these games are: are you competitive? I don't really care if you yeah. win. Um, and that's kind of the best way to do it, right, in terms of trying to get a better draft pick is not like what we saw at the end of the last couple of years where you're losing by 40 points every game yeah. uh, and the game is over from the jump. But where you can be competitive, it's an entertaining game to watch, and if you lose, it really doesn't hurt you. So mm-hmm. that's really all you can ask for this team, and that's what we've seen these last couple of games. You're following up, You're coming up a little bit short at the end, but you're in it right until yep. the final buzzer, right? And that's all. I think for this team, especially th- th- this team – uh, currently, with all the injuries, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say that that is becoming a, a very worrying trend now, uh, close to 10 games into the season, um, is the lack of opportunity for Chris Murray. Um, that's That's been really disappointing for me to see. He's a guy that, you know, I think has a decent amount of potential, and you're yeah. not giving him even well, clearly, Chauncey likes Tumani Kamara a lot more, and that's fair. Like play, play Tumani definitely. He looks great, but you know, I you have this guy and you're playing him three minutes in this game. Yeah, like I, this is a development year, Chauncey. This is not. We're not 
trying to be competitive. We're not trying to make a deep playoff run this year. Go develop your young guys. Three minutes is not enough for anybody to do anything. No. You're not you're not even breaking a sweat playing three minutes out there. I mean, this is ridiculous. And Chris Murray is a guy that a lot of people were excited about because obviously we've seen what his brother's been doing in the yep. league, and he looked great in college. Why aren't you giving this guy, you know, I don't don't give him 30 minutes a night, don't even give him 20 minutes a night, but maybe at least give him 10 or 15. Like just let's see what he can do or just put him on the G League team if you're not. Or do play. that. Right. Yes, or yeah. do that. And I know you would say uh, I was going to ask you whose minutes does he take, but I already know that answer. You're going to say Matisse Tybel. I mean probably. Yeah. Yeah, I cuz you know Matisse now, Matisse had a great first half in this game, yeah. I'll point it out. 14 points, couple blocks. Hit four threes. He did nothing in the second half. Mm-hmm. He had a great first half, did nothing, and he's been largely a disappointment this year. Um, so, yeah, I would have to co-sign on that. I'd like to see uh, some more of those minutes distributed to uh, Chris Murray. Yeah, I also don't need to see Jeremy Grant for over 40 minutes on this team. Yeah. You can you can drop him to low 30s, and then that opens up some minutes. Like Again, I, I understand you want to compete. I understand you want to be competitive, but we need to think about the future with this team now. Jeremy Grant is not the future of this team, so running him 40-plus minutes a night is only going to get him injured, and then what do we do, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, just just rearrange a little bit. Get get some of these young guys more minutes. And that brings up my next point, and uh, it's a big one that I've been thinking about the last couple games. You talk about uh, a lot of, lot of minutes potentially leading to injury, Sam. Shaden Sharp is playing a lot of yeah. minutes, a lot of minutes. He played 46 against Memphis. He played in the first game against Memphis, 41 in the second game against Memphis, 40 against the Kings, 42 against the Lakers. He's averaging 36 minutes a night, and that's with playing 28 minutes in the opener. Uh, Since the opener, he has played two games where he's played fewer than 40 minutes, 38 minutes against the Raptors and 36 minutes against the Sixers. I get there's not a lot of depth there. Um, although you, you could certainly point to a Chris Murray could maybe take a little yep. of that burden, right? This worries the hell out of me that you are going to run shade and sharpen the ground. I mean, we're it's November 14th. Sammy's yeah. playing 40 minutes a night. That scares the hell out of me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's something I'm watching going forward is that's where Chauncey's got to step up and, and say, you've got to think long-term here, buddy. Like, you can't so, – let's not run shade and sharp into the ground. I've got a little little fact here for you. Okay. You know who's leading the NBA in it's minutes Shaden per sharp, game this I year? Believe. Yeah. yeah. You know who's number three? Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. <laughs> we have the first and third. I get wanting to give shade and sharp minutes. Yeah. Obviously, don't run them into the ground. Yeah. The, you know, huh, the you human wonder body why these can only take so much. Hurt, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, come on. We're going to look here saying, how the hell did Shaden Sharp get hurt yep. playing 40 minutes a night? Yep. Yep. God. <laughs> yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. We are not. We don't need to be competitive this year, Chauncey. Just no. save your players. Let them develop and stop getting them hurt. Yes. That, yes, that is a, that is a good a good point that shouldn't really have to be said. but No, it shouldn't. It does, <laughs> it it shouldn't does have, have to be said. said. That's where we're at, yeah. <laughs> That's another thing I Oof. wanted to bring up, Sam. Now, I know injuries are, are up uh, around the league, right? It's not just a Blazers issue, but this has happened. Now, the last couple of years, they were fake injuries, yeah. right? So that doesn't, I guess, doesn't count. I would assume that these aren't fake injuries this year, although considering that they have faked injuries for the last two years, I can't rule that out entirely yep. but i would assume that the scooting scoot henderson injury isn't fake yeah because that one doesn't make any sense if right it is. 
So I would hope that's not a fake injury because, again, that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, you know, Robert Williams, pretty significant injury. I'm going to assume that they didn't fake a surgery. Yeah, <laughs> that would let's be, hope not. That would be some next level of tanking right there to, <laughs> to announce a surgery and have completely made that up. But it leads me to question the medical staff, Sam, mm-hmm. because this is happening a lot. And, again, it's not a uniquely Portland issue. And so I, I wonder, it, is it that – Part of me thinks it's just that guys are being held out more now, and you see this across sports. This is not just basketball, but guys are being held out more for stuff that they wouldn't have back in the day. Even Mm -hmm. 10, certainly 20 years ago, guys would play through the injuries that they're playing uh, that they are not playing through today, and I think a big part of that is just the the more science that you get on it, and also, let's be honest, bigger contracts, right? So... What's your take on the on the uptick in injuries around the league? Are you looking at medical staffs, or you think it's more of just a overly cautious approach? I I or think, is it both? I think it's a little of both. I think it's probably more on the side of overly cautious. Um, but to that same point, you have a guy like De'Aaron Fox who did not play in the game that Portland played against the Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, came back last night, played a full close to 40 minutes so clearly they're not being that overly cautious and he had a pretty serious injury so yeah. or at least you know considered I missed about a week yeah. and a half yeah, or exactly so, yeah. um so yeah i don't know it's it's very strange because it feels like they're being overly cautious with when to play the players but when they do play they're being the opposite they're being mm-hmm. reckless. They're giving yeah. them, you know, close to 40 minutes a night. And, you know, for NBA guys to play 40 minutes, even five years ago, that was kind of unheard of. You didn't really see that log of minutes. You'd see, like, maybe a guy playing, like, 34 to 36 and say, wow, that guy's playing almost the whole game. And now we have two guys on our team who are topping 40 minutes almost every single night. So it's, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a little bit of, of reckless abandon. It's a little bit of ironically overcautiousness at the same time it's it's yeah. it's very strange yeah and this just brings me back to my whole point that if this is the way it's going to be there's no reason for the season to be 82 games agreed right? yeah agreed if guys are going to play 82 games sure yeah. but if your best players are going to play 60 games why are we playing 80 games yeah well, an 83 for whoever gets to go to that <laughs> That's illustrious right. get, in-season you get an final. extra game. You get an for, extra for game. Your, for your troubles. So that's something I'm keeping an eye on is Shaden minute, Shaden's minutes. Yeah. And I would like to see that scaled back a bit. Yeah, yeah me too. We're going to take a quick little break, and then coming up on the other side, we'll, we'll uh, shift our focus to the league at large in our three questions brought to you by New Deal Distillery. This is Blazers Edge Radio on X-Ray FM. Support for X-Ray comes from Beeline Urban Delivery. Beeline supports businesses with access to zero-emission delivery, warehousing, and advertising services. More at b-linepdx.com. Support for X-Ray FM comes from New Deal Distillery, located in southeast Portland for over 15 years. New Deal Distillery makes craft vodka, gin, bourbon, rye, rum, liqueurs, and more. New Deal spirits are available in their tasting room as well as cocktail lounges and liquor stores near and far. For more information, visit NewDealDistillery.com or their tasting room at 900 Southeast Salmon Street. Support for X-Ray FM comes from Spielman Bagels and Coffee. Opened by Rick Spielman and his son Raph, Spielman has been serving handmade boiled and baked bagels and coffee since 2011. 
Their flagship store can be found on Southeast 21st and Division, or find one of their other shops on Northwest 23rd and Lovejoy, Northeast 22nd and Broadway, or in Multnomah Village. Back at it here on Blazers Edge Radio on X-Ray FM. Ryan Buchanan, Sam Arnold, Stephen Glickman behind the scenes. Still time to get your thoughts in via the X-Ray text line. That number is 971-220-5979. Once again, 971-220-5979 on the X-Ray text line. It is now time for three questions brought to you by New Deal Distillery. They've been located in Southeast Portland since 2004, almost 20 years now. They make craft vodka, gin, bourbon, rye, rum, liqueurs, and more. Their spirits are available in their tasting room at 900 Southeast Salmon Street, as well as cocktail lounges and liquor stores near and far. More information, as always, is available at NewDealDistillery.com. And, Stephen, what is our first question this week? Our first question this week is, there are four teams that have gotten off to a really good start. The Wolves, the Pacers, the Rockets, and the Mavs. Yep. Based on those hot starts, we, are you buying into them or would you sell? Uh, there's a few other teams, but those are the unexpected hot starts because you know, like the the although I don't know, I didn't expect the Sixers to go eight and one. Yeah, but you know, they're the, the Celtics in eight and two. Yeah, you could see that coming. Nuggets at eight and two. Yeah, you could see that coming. But it's these other teams uh, that are surprising you that they're uh, in the upper echelon uh, of their respective conferences. So Sam, let's go one by one. Mm-hmm. Unexpectedly hot starts, buy or sell. Um, and, and and I guess I should. Your question is probably going to be what define buy or sell, right? What is, what are you buying into? And I think is this sustainable? Is this not necessarily you know projected out, you know this at winning at this rate? But are they you know a quality team? Are they a team that can be a legitimate top six? No question about it. Top six, probably you know fighting for like a top four, fighting for home court advantage in that first round. So that's what I'm looking at when I'm looking at these teams is, is staying power here. Not necessarily are they going to win a first round series, but more at least for the regular, because the playoffs are a whole different animal. But for the regular season, you know, can they maintain uh, something of this level throughout the regular season? So yeah. first up is the Minnesota Timberwolves who right now sit at 7-2 and two on the year. Remember, they had a, a disastrous year last year, Sam. And uh, they have come out of the gates hot right now. They are uh, third in the entire Western. Well, they're actually tied for second. Or they are, yeah, they're third because you got two teams tied for first. Nuggets and another team we'll talk about in just a second here. Uh, but they are right now squarely in third at seven and two on the year. You buying or selling Minnesota's hot start? Man, I'm buying it. Okay, I'm, I'm buying it, and I never thought I would have said that. But you just look at it. Point differential, highest point differential in the Western Conference. Uh, they beat the Nuggets by about 20 points a while ago. Uh, their record, five and zero at home, two and two away. That's very solid. I mean, this is by all accounts, this team is doing it consistently. They're doing it against good teams. I I think Anthony Edwards, you know, especially the off season, you know, playing for Team USA and all that, just made him more of an alpha for this team. And when it's running through him, it's working very well. So. I, I don't think they're going to end up as the three seed in the West, but I, I do see them as a top six now because they look pretty good. And we have them as a borderline play-in team. Yeah, I don't even know if I had them. Based in off last year, I know, because last year they definitely took a step backwards. The Rudy Gobert trade did not work out, yeah. right? It Certainly, I, I still think you say that that wasn't a good trade, Yeah, but um, things are looking better. 
uh, and a big reason why, Sam, I'm looking at Anthony Edwards. He, to mm-hmm. me, is taking that next step. Mm-hmm. He was a really good player last year. He's a star this year. He is taking over. He, it is his team. It's no longer Cat's team. This is Anthony Edwards' team. 28 points a game, shooting just shy of 49% from the field. So he's that efficiency has been rising. That was a big knock on him coming out of Georgia when he was the first overall pick. As you can see, the talent needed to be more efficient. Year after year, he has gotten more and more efficient despite shooting more attempts. You know, he came out rookie year, 17 attempts, shot 42%. The next year, 17 attempts, just a high of 17 attempts, 44%. Uh, last year, upped it up to just shy of 20 attempts, bumped it up to 46%. Now he's at 21.4 attempts a game through the first nine games. He's at 48.7%. I mean, that percentage has risen seven points over four yeah. years. That's significant. Yeah. And that's development. Yep. And that is what leads me to believe that he is a he is a star. Mm-hmm. 36% from, from three-point land, by the way. Uh, 28 points a game, six boards, five assists, a little over a steal per game. Numbers up across the board. Um, I just love what he's doing. He yeah. just continues to get better. To me, he is this year's Shea Gilgis Alexander, mm, where he yeah. took the step. There's another guy I think is in that category that we're going to talk about in just a second, but he really stands out as a guy who has taken that step to being uh, going from a really good player to a star. Yeah, and he—that's the big reason for their success for me. Not the big guys, yep. right? The Rudy and Cat. It's been the Ant Edwards show, and that above anything else is why. I am going to sell (laughs) because I just, I don't know. This seems like a flash in the pan. I feel like winners of six in a row. I know they look good. They look good. No question about it, but I feel like the defending champs by almost 20. I know, but I feel like there's a team, you know, remember the jazz got off to a hot start last year. I feel like this is one of those. Anthony Edwards is really good, but I don't know that he can, carry this team to where they need to go yet um i think you've got you know issues with and again we talk about with rudy gobert and how he fits in this whole thing i just don't know if it's enough for anthony edwards to overcome by himself i think you've got some some significant issues still with this team it has been a really nice start but i see them fading away i think of this i think of this start is like the jazz last year where it's a nice little story but at the end of the year we're going to look and they're going to be in the play-in so, Stephen, I just wanted to mention that I saw somewhere that someone was saying that Anthony Edwards was the next Michael Jordan, and yeah. that is Let's pump the brakes on that. That is like has not missed a field goal in 21 attempts. I mean, that is a curse. Yeah. Well, anytime you compare someone to Michael Jordan, it's a disservice to that player because now you've heaped um yeah. Let's compare him to Shea Gilgis Alexander first, okay? Let's not yeah. let's not go Jordan just yet because that's not fair to Anthony Edwards because it's going to be damn near impossible to live up to that. Um, okay, next team up, Sam, is the Indiana Pacers, and um, they've got another guy who uh, made. The, this is who I was thinking of, the other guy that made that jump, and it's Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, looks like a top five point guard in the NBA right now. Uh, 24 points a game, 12 assists, effective shooter from distance and beyond, but he's still facilitating the offense. The Indiana Pacers have got off to a nice start. Now, they did lose to the Sixers the other night, so they are 6-4. and four. But uh, I'm going to buy in on the on the Pacers because I'm looking, and it's more about looking at the rest of the Eastern Conference, and I think there's just more of a pathway there um, because you've got some top-heavy teams and then a lot of meh, right? Whereas in the West, you've got a lot more competition. Um, it's a deeper. Um, 
Whereas in the in the East, you're looking. Yeah, Sixers and Celtics have been great. Bucks will be fine, I think. You know, they're yeah, six and four, but they're got the slow start. Eh, who else? You know, is it the Heat? Is it the Hawks? I don't think so. Uh, Knicks have been disappointing thus far. Uh, Raptors disappointing. Cavs really disappointing. Mm-hmm. I just think there's a path for the for the Pacers here where there where there might not be for the um, Wolves. And I guess I, I don't know. I, I feel like their roster is better constructed as well. Um, they ended up, you know, it seemed like they are going to trade Miles Turner a couple years ago, and now they, they seem very happy uh, having kind of him and Halliburton as their core, and then Benedict Matherin's moved in the starting lineup. Uh, you've got a couple guys in Jalen Smith and Aaron Neesmith who have been big for them off the bench and increased roles. Uh, Obi Toppin has filled in nicely um, since coming out for the Knicks. Bruce Brown, um, you know, uh, Nuggets hero from last year's in the starting lineup. They... Go work really nicely with your Halliburton, with your with your Turner, with your Matherin. I think Matherin's going to continue to step up his game. He's only at about 13 points a game now. I think you need him to step up more mm-hmm. and, and take some of the pressure off of Halliburton and Turner. Uh, I think that's going to be the key for them is getting Benedict Matherin to that next level. Uh, but if they can do that, I think they got to They could be. They could be, Sam, that number four seed. I mean, I'm looking. I Clearly, the Sixers, Celtics, and Bucks are head and shoulders above everybody else in the Eastern Conference in terms of talent. Yeah. And it's kind of a – that four is four and beyond, in my opinion, is up for grabs. And I would not have expected it to be the Pacers, but with the way they're looking right now, I think they got as good a chance as anybody. Yeah, I, I think that's a very valid point. Um, I'm not buying them as a top six team, so I'll sell on them. Uh, I definitely think they'll be a play-in team with the way they look, but to me, this is this is almost unsustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Tyrese Halliburton is playing out of his mind, uh, both as a playmaker and as a scorer. I don't see his scoring numbers staying at around 24 a game, which is about where he's at right now. I, I would agree with you on that, and that's why I think Math Mathurin needs to st- you need somebody to step up and Math would make the most sense it would make the most sense i just don't know if he's that guy yet so maybe another year uh, i i love how this team looks going forward i just don't know if it's this year uh i mean you're you're at the three seed with a plus 2.9 point differential so you're not you're not really closing out games super effectively uh yeah i don't know it's so many injury concerns on this team too they're gonna be good they're gonna be in every single game but i, I don't buy them as a top six Okay. Maybe maybe right outside of that. Right outside the top six. Okay. Play in territory for yeah. you. Okay, next up, the Houston Rockets, who, after starting 0-3, Sam have now won six in a row, believe it or mm-hmm. not. Call Ripley's uh, as they beat the champs the other night as well. What the hell is going on in Houston? Can you possibly buy this? No. <laughs> no, I, no I, right? I cannot possibly buy this. There's no way this is legit, right? No. They're six so. and three. Oh, but I will say we've got to give them their flowers because Alperen Sengun looks really he good. He looks really good. He looks really good. He looks like he could be the next. I hate to heap this kind of comparison on somebody like we talked about with Ant Edwards and Michael Jordan. You can see a little joker yeah, in, you can. Uh, in Sengun, right? The playmaking's definitely there. Yep. I mean, he's, he's leading the team in points, rebounds, and assists, Sam. Yeah. Or, sorry, second assist behind Van Fleet, but yeah. he's averaging six assists as a center. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, really good across the board. He looks really good. Van Vliet's been huge for this team, and I think that makes sense. You know, Thompson has been hurt. 
Uh, Aben Thompson, their rookie, has only played four games. I think that plays a big role, too, is you're not really developing him. You're playing more veterans. Dylan Brooks has got off to an uncharacteristically hot start that I think there is no chance he's able to maintain. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I am not <laughs> – right now, Dylan Brooks is shooting – 55% from the field and 53% from three-point land. That is 15 point percentage points higher in terms of field goal percentage than his career average and nearly 20 point percentage points higher from three over his career average at 34%. Now, to his credit, he has cut down his three-point attempts nearly in half this year from six last year with the Grizzlies where he was 32% to 3.3 this year where he's up over 50%. But I think in no way is that sustainable. Um, so for me, that's a big reason. You're going to get Thompson back. I feel like they're going to take their lumps. This feels a little fluky to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to fall back into um, not even mediocrity, below mediocrity. Yeah, I um, I, bad. I totally agree. I'm, I'm selling on this. I, I think a couple other stats are important. They played more home games than any team in the NBA. Uh, they lost both of their road games, and they've had a pretty easy schedule. They've only played two road games? Yeah. <laughs> they've only played two road games. So that says a lot. Um, yeah, take – I mean, that beating the Nuggets is great. That's great, but, I mean, I, I it just feels way too fluky to me. Oh, it yeah. really does. And I, I think when you start playing better teams more consistently, because they have had a very easy schedule so far. They're playing a lot of bottom teams. They're playing a lot of teams that aren't as competitive. And this team is quick. They run a lot. They they push the pace. They, they look really good. Like you mentioned, Shangun's playing really well. Fred Van Vliet starts to, you know, he's settling into his role. He looks like a great playmaker for this team. Dylan Brooks being an offensive force is not sustainable at all. Um, yeah, I, I don't buy it for a second. Okay. Not, not a second. Last team up, Sam, the Dallas Mavericks. Eight and two, tied for first in the West with the Denver Nuggets. Kyrie and... Luca looked good playing together, um, and I'm going to sell this based on the fact that it's Kyrie Irving. And <laughs> until I see otherwise, I have no choice but to believe that this will end in flames. I don't see how. I don't know how it's going to happen yet, but I have confidence that it will. Okay, I'm I'm buying on the maps. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, definitely. I I think Luca's going to win MVP this year. Um, he is absolutely incredible. He was on pace to win it, I feel like, last year up until they got Kyrie. Until they got Kyrie and the whole team fell apart. So now with Kyrie, the team hasn't fallen apart yet. I know it's early in the season, but yeah, I mean... Okay. Luca averaging 32.6, oh, yeah. 8.4 rebounds, 8.5 assists, 1.3 steals. Yeah. I mean, this the easy MVP he's numbers great. if he yeah. can keep that no up. Question. And if you have a guy playing that well, you're probably going to be a top six team. Especially if your role players keep playing. And if your role player is Kyrie Irving and he plays like a second option on this team and he doesn't throw his drama, which we've so far, his track record on the maps has been pretty good, at least from a personality perspective. Right. Um, we mentioned last year when he came in, they, they got a lot worse. But uh, yeah, I, I'm buying on the maps. I, I think they're the real deal this year. They look really good. Uh, that brings us to question number two, um, uh, Stephen. Question number two is specifically marked. This is for Sam only. Are you willing to admit the James Harden trade will not work out for the Clippers? <laughs> They're 0-4, Sam, um, since they acquired James Harden, yeah. and they look to be a hot mess. Uh, so much in the same way that you're right now buying in on the on the Mavs, you were buying, you were feeling pretty good about the Clippers a couple weeks ago when yeah. we when we chatted. How you feeling now? 
I'm feeling obviously significantly worse. Uh, they they look terrible yep. since Harden came in. I'm not willing to give up on it yet, though. Okay. I'm really not, because I think there's just too much talent on this team. Remember, you're talking about a guy who didn't do any preseason. He didn't do any training camp. He didn't work with this team at all. So essentially, these four games have been his training camp and preseason. So I'm expecting some bumps. Talk to me next week if they don't win any more games, and then I will I will happily change my tune. But I just think there's too much on this team. I think they're going to figure it out eventually. I think the, the Westbrook Harden situation is not working at all in regards to having a, a primary ball handler and feeding Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Paul George has been super inconsistent, too, since James Harden got there. So I, I think things will even out. I think they'll start winning some games. Steven, can you cue up the uh, tinfoil hat music for me? We played it last week in your absence, and I feel like we need to play it again now that you're here because, as I mentioned, this was really your brainchild. I've got a theory regarding why the Clippers went out, despite looking really good to uh, jump out of the gates to go get James Harden, and I think it's because they need an excuse, Sam. Mm. This is a team that isn't used to being good, and they, they got scared, and they said, when it all falls apart, what are we going to point to? And now it's we're going to throw James Harden under the bus. That's I think that's what this is. I think this is a team that needs an excuse because they can't handle the big time, and we know it's going to fall apart just like it does every single year. And they thought the teams were going too well, and they had to shake things up because they're not comfortable with success. So they had to go and bring in James Harden. That's what I think happened here. Yeah. I think it's excuse city for L.A. I mean, if, if a team is going to do it, it's going to be an L.A. team. Yep. So I wouldn't be surprised. That's what I think is happening here. And I think now they're more comfortable because they're used to being a, a dysfunctional organization. Right. So I think now you know, like losing home. four in a row feels like home. Exactly. They get too scared when things are going well. They're like, <laughs> we're still the Clippers, guys. We're still the Clippers. <laughs> All right. We're going to skip question number three. Um, I don't want to get to that stuff. Uh, it's, you know... <laughs> Miles Bridges is going to be coming back. Um, the question is, did the NBA box the Miles Bridges situation? The answer is yes. The answer Absolutely. is yes. hundred yeah. percent they did. Um, it's yeah, it's just, that's a mess. He violated his parole last month and he only got a 10 game suspension from the league. I know he didn't play last year, but that's a horrible situation there and he really shouldn't be in the league. Um, so yes, the NBA should be embarrassed for, mm-hmm. for the uh, whole debacle with Miles Bridges. Um, so that's it for three questions. Wait, I just had one quick question you for got Sam. Another question? I, well, I kind okay. of this kind of pig, uh, you know, piggybacks on the other question is: Do you think James Harden is a future Hall of Famer? Oh yeah, yeah, he definitely is. Um, but is he future Hall of Famer James Harden? Is, we're getting close. That's we're getting question. close. We're getting real close. Yeah, we're, yeah we are getting close yeah. to like that Carmelo Anthony mm-hmm. territory. But they're, yeah, James, they're not good anymore. So to yeah. make up for it, you have to refer to them every time they play as the right. future Hall of Famer. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think you can be an MVP and multiple scoring champion and make it to the Western Conference Finals multiple times, be in the finals uh, back when he was with the Thunder. I don't think you can do all that and not be a future Hall of Famer, um, but we'll see. I don't know. He could he could do something terrible and wreck his career. Question for you: Is James Harden the least valuable, most valuable player? Yeah, probably. Yeah, at least in 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 the modern era of the recent ones that we've seen. I mean, Steph definitely deserves it. Giannis definitely deserves it. Embiid definitely deserves it. Joker definitely deserves it. Maybe maybe Westbrook. Westbrook. 
Yeah, I, I might argue I might argue Westbrook over him because that was the stat padding year too. Mm-hmm. Their team wasn't even any good. At least yeah. Harden's teams were always good. Um, the good yeah, until I, it counted. I'll, I'll good probably until it counted. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh-huh. Now, I'll, I'll make the argument for yeah. Westbrook as being least, less valuable than Harden. I'm going with uh, James Harden as my okay. least valuable, most valuable player of all time. <laughs> All right, Sam, we got a big game, a big tournament game yeah. against the Jazz tonight on that beautiful purple court down in Salt Lake City. How you feeling? Uh, getting ready to whip out my sunglasses yes, so I don't get blinded yeah. by that court. Might turn the brightness settings yeah. down on the TV tonight because yeah. uh, it's going to be loud because it is an <laughs> in-season tournament game. Blazers 1-0 and in in-season tournament play, as are the Jazz. So right now they are both on pace to go to Las Vegas although that will certainly change tonight. Looking at the injury report, the usual suspects out, Simons, Henderson, Williams, and then, as you mentioned, Malcolm Brogdon. For the Jazz, it's going to be interesting because you talked about uh, you wanted to see DeAndre Ayton go up against Walker Kessler. Well, you're not going to see it because he's out, as is Taylor Hendricks, uh, their rookie out of UCF. Um, John Collins is probable. Well, then, yeah, get get DeAndre Ayton the ball quick and early and take advantage of that matchup because if you don't have Walker Kessler, who's a good defender, then you, sh- you should be able to score pretty easily if, if you're DeAndre Ayton. So I would love to see that. Any uh, thoughts on the Jazz so far this year? They're 3-7. and seven. They look pretty bad. Yeah, they, they look like what we expected them to look like last year. <laughs> when they got um, up to that good start. Yeah. They ultimately ended up bad, right? Yeah, they did. So uh, it's, it's just settling in to where they should be, probably. So look for a heavy dose of Kelly Olenek and Jordan Clarkson tonight. Oof. Buckle up Oof. on that beautiful purple court down in Salt Lake City. Man, Steven? how how bummed do you think the NBA would be if either the Blazers or the Jazz made it to the in-season final? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That would be great. I hope that happens. Well, they're both on pace. Steven? I was wondering if you guys had seen any evidence that the players are starting to buy into the in-season tournament are, are they talking about like it's important to them they care about it it's just you know a lot of players are very very aware of european football mm. so they understand in-season t- tournaments but I, I don't know if that it's there yet i don't think it's there i haven't really heard anything and if it did i would just assume it's because that's what they were told to say everything so. i've heard from the players is kind of confusion they're like yeah i, I yeah, don't really they, know they why we're really, doing this yeah yeah that's so what I've heard i haven't too. heard anybody like authentically buying in yet no, I haven't either. We'll I haven't see. either. All right. Well, another game tonight, Sam. So yeah. there we go. We will not be back at it better than ever next week. Short week, uh, short work week, that is. So we're taking that off. So we'll be back in two weeks uh, to talk about it. Uh, hopefully, Scoot Henderson will be back by then. And we'll get some more to talk about, and some of these injuries will let up. But that's coming up two weeks from now uh, right here on Blazers Edge Radio. That'll be Tuesday, November 28th. But stay tuned. Because Flying Saucer Safaris is up next right here on X-Ray FM.